We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up? Hope everyone had a great weekend. Welcome in Lucky Lefty Podcast. I am your guy, Sean Davis. Left, he'll be popping in momentarily. We just want to get started. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, anorawhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, anorawhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure you do so responsibly. Also, keep in mind, very important, Lucky Lefty in the fall will exclusively be housed at CFB Nation, along with other great shows, Rise and Draft with Brian Roberts, CFB All-American, all of those guys. Great content concerning college football, along with the Lucky Lefty podcast. So right now, grab your Android, your iPhone, laptop, whatever you get the audio edibles on each and every day, Go to CFB Nation right now. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, search CFB Nation. Lock us in. Leave your comments. Give us five stars. We definitely greatly appreciate it. It's the home of the misguided passion. LL. We spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. It's Monday. A lot to get to. You know, didn't I tell you guys that every time the Lakers are in a positive position, left is on time. He's ready to start the show. Anytime the Lakers has done great, he's ready to start the show. But the moment the Lakers struggle or lose a game, left is nowhere to be found. When it's time to start the show, I told you, you got to watch left. I know what's going on. And then he'll come on and say something like, man, little left. I had to feed him, had to change his diaper at the last minute. Nah, that's not it. Nah. You don't want to talk about LeBron to start the show. I know what it is. You think I might forget. Remind him, LL Nation, in the chat when he hops on. And we're not letting it slide that his boy might end up getting swept tonight. We're going to remind him of that. I would like to talk about how the Big Ten has fumbled one of the biggest TV deals in college football history. That's right. You heard it. A deal reportedly for over a billion dollars with multiple networks has been fumbled. I don't know if you blame Kevin Warren, the former commissioner of the Big Ten, now president of the Chicago Bears, or if you blame the new president, a new commissioner of the Big Ten. But this benefits Notre Dame greatly, folks. <laughs> Woo! Friday show, we talked about how Jack Swarbrick, as much criticism as we've thrown his way, has truly positioned it, Notre Dame. True business acumen, one might say. He's truly positioned Notre Dame to have a cash windfall with the TV deal that's on the horizon and the apparel deal that's on the horizon. And the Big Ten, just a year ago, short of a year ago, tried to throw a glitch or a wrench in those plans when it became apparent that NBC was part of the new TV deal with the Big Ten. And a lot of people said, hmm, this is a sign that NBC is possibly ready to move on from Notre Dame. That was the sign that the NBC affiliates were possibly ready to move on 
from Notre Dame. But man, let me tell you, karma is something. Because I'm pretty sure the NBC, when they went to negotiate the prime time package with the Big Ten, I'm pretty sure they didn't consult with Notre Dame. I'm pretty sure they didn't ask whether or not Notre Dame wanted games that were possibly big-time games in the month of November, say like Clemson last year, to be bumped from prime time to a 3 o'clock start. But so many things have happened, and it seems like the house of cards, pun intended, has begun to fall on the Big Ten. And now it's up to Notre Dame and Jack Swarbrick as I rub my hands like Birdman. It's time for Notre Dame and Jack Swarbrick to pick up the pieces and cash out. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Does coaching matter? Does coaching matter? As I watch these NBA playoffs, it is apparent to me that we might be watching another shift in a sport. It happens all the time. When Nick Saban came along and built Alabama, it shifted college football. It was a huge shift, and it forced teams to change things dramatically, especially from a recruiting standpoint. But it shifted everything. And then along came Dabo Sweeney. And he said to himself, if I can just get these five-star quarterbacks, different makers, and surround them with a few playmakers, decent offensive line, dominant defense, I can form a culture that can compete with the Georgias and Alabamas. And he gave hope to the likes of Michigan, the likes of Notre Dame, that when the Nick Saban shift happened, they were sitting back saying, I don't know what we can do. I don't know how we can compete. And then comes another shift. A shift of a Kirby Smart in Georgia that in the face of big-time quarterbacks in the war between Alabama having these big-time quarterbacks, Clemson having these big-time quarterbacks, and via the transfer portal, LSU being able to jump in there and get their big-time quarterback because it was all about the quarterback. The quarterback was the way to the national championship. Even Ohio State grabbed their quarterback in Justin Fields via the transfer portal, even though Ohio State was more about culture. Yeah, they were more about culture. They had good quarterbacks, but they never had the Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Tua-level quarterback.
So we fast forward now. George is saying we're going to take it back to old school football. The type of football that Herschel Walker played in between the hedges. When the quarterback was somebody named Buck Ballou. I don't know if you guys, you know, some of you younger fans, you might not remember Buck Ballou number eight. Buck Ballou was a tough son of a gun. Buck Ballou had a little small pistol for an arm. I don't want to disrespect him and say a water gun. He had a smaller pistol for an arm. But Buck Ballou was tough, and Buck Ballou was a leader, and Buck Ballou could run that option, man. He can run that option, and he can lead that team. He can lead that Georgia offense. And R.I.P. to Vince Dooley, who was the mentor in a lot of ways to Kirby Smart. But somehow Kirby Smart has found a way to show college football, hey, all you need is a guy that can manage the game for you. It doesn't have to be a superstar. I don't have to spend time on a road going out there finding the best quarterback in the nation and fighting 20 teams for this two or three guys that are five stars in each recruiting class. No, no, let me just go ahead and find me a really good quarterback, decent enough arm, knows the system, knows who we are, and won't give the game. And he's done it two years in a row with that guy. And some darn good defense and some really big offensive linemen and a run-by-committee running game with some wide receivers that are talented. But, I mean, there are no A.J. Greens running around that Georgia offense the last two years. No. And then the guys that they have, like Burton, a year after, I mean, right after they win their first championship, he bolts to go play with Bryce Young in Alabama. So there's a shift taking place. There are always shifts taking place, right? And I think what we're seeing in the NBA from what we're watching is we're watching two teams, Miami, who's already had a culture, Denver, who established a culture and had patience, Right? Let me explain patience, Notre Dame fans, because most of us might be a tad bit impatient after a 9-4 season. Culture is not established or does not yield the fruit overnight. You can lay the foundation, and even when you lay the foundation, man, you might run into some problems. You might see something as you dig to lay the foundation. And I think Marcus Freeman, as he was digging to lay the foundation for this football program in year one, I think Marcus Freeman saw some things that he didn't expect to see as he dug. He didn't expect to see certain problems from a talent standpoint. He didn't expect to see certain issues or have certain issues from a leadership standpoint. He didn't expect that the quarterback play would be far below what he expected it to be and from what he saw in spring practices. And midway through the season, he makes the decision that the foundation I wanted to lay based upon what I thought I had has to be totally different 
and has to be a little bit deeper and thicker than I originally thought to build this thing to where we want it to go. Because the higher you want to go, the deeper you must dig to lay the foundation. And Marcus Freeman, probably four to five games into that season last year, realized I have a lot more work to do to establish the foundation that I need to win here at Notre Dame. And by doing that, he gave this program a true opportunity to shift things in a way that are going to be beneficial down the road. Now, someone asked me today that I did a spot on the show before I came on today. And they asked me, do you think the Bulls fan base would be accepting of a rebuild if they were told this is what's needed? And I said, look, any fan base might not like to hear it, but most fan bases will respect it when you're truthful and honest with them and you tell them what needs to take place and you're honest about where you are and you're honest about what needs to be done and then they can see you actually doing the work moving towards that. We've seen evidence, whether it's the conversation before the bowl game that was taken, that took place with Drew Pine, Marcus Freeman, Tyler Buckley. It was an honest conversation about the need to elevate the quarterback room. We're not going to wait for it to take place in recruiting. We're going to go out and do it via the transfer portal because it has to happen in order for us to have a legitimate shot in these big-time games. This has to happen now. And we just want to let you guys know because it would be unfair to do it without your knowledge or behind your back. And eventually both of those parties, Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner, decide to transfer themselves into better positions for themselves. Now Sam Hartman, he's the guy. He's the man at the helm for the Fighting Irish. Then you hear about recruits that were offered. Coaches come in, watch the film, say, Coach Freeman, based upon what you're telling us that you want to do here, I don't think this young man is, is it. I think we can find better. Bam, there it is. Then I'll take it a step further. As much as we did not like the debacle of the coaching search when it comes to the offensive coordinator and everything that came with it, Marcus Freeman proved to me that he was willing to step out and say, yo, this is what it is. I'll take the bullets. Hit me. Forget about that. Because at the end of the day, on Saturdays in the fall, it's not about them. It's about me, my staff, and these players. And that's what he established. And he gave no excuses and said, we can win with what we have. We can win with Jared Parker. We're going to win with me as the head coach. We can win with the rest of this staff. 
And then he loses Harry Heastan. Right? Fan base is in an uproar. Like, oh my God. We lose Harry Heastan. Joe Rudolph comes in. Guess what happens? Immediately, because we can keep it a buck. We can keep it a buck here. Immediately, Joe Rudolph looks at certain recruits that Harry Heastan like. And Joe Rudolph says, Mm. Eh. Eh. it's not me I'm not saying the kid is not good it's just not me and Marcus Freeman says okay get your guys and now we get a weekend in the month of June with a list of offensive linemen that they have coming in that if Joe Rudolph solidifies and wins that weekend, it doesn't matter what Harry Heastan did in the past. You have to clap your hands and tip your cap because if Joe Rudolph is successful in June, the offensive line hall for Notre Dame, <laughs> hey, I'll stack it up against last year. I most certainly will. I'll stack this Joe Rudolph class against this Harry Heastan class. And to be fair, you would have to say Joe Rudolph slash Harry Heastan class because Harry Heastan did have a lot to do with establishing their original relationship with the Gerby Lamberts, the Peter, Peter Joneses, things of that nature. You say, well, Sean, where are you going with this? LL question of the day. Just how patient are you as a Notre Dame fan? Just how patient are you as a Notre Dame fan? Do you believe that Marcus Freeman was given a ready-to-go program? Is that your point of view, that Marcus Freeman was given a program that had won 10 games, was ready to go, ready to go win a championship? He should have hit the ground running. Should have put up 10 wins last year. Easy. Man. Or do you believe that there were fundamental issues in the foundation of the Notre Dame program? Some cracks that just couldn't be sealed up. Had to be dug up, broken up, lay a new foundation. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in seeing because I can't wait for left to get on because I you know I don't want this to be one-sided. I see you guys already lighting the chat up. I appreciate you. You guys are the best co-host in the business. Anytime I'm on here solo. But I want to tell you this. I'm taking a step back. And I can take a step back because I'm blessed, I'm truly blessed to have information coming from different directions concerning what's happening in the background and why certain decisions are being made and why decisions that might make Notre Dame fans have the quizzical face. Like, huh? What was that? 
I love making content with you as well, Drunk Vigo. <laughs> My guy. But it's amazing that as I take a step back, Marcus Freeman's culture is totally different than Brian Kelly's culture. What do I mean by that? I would say he's more approachable than Brian Kelly. He's more present than Brian Kelly. There's more accountability at the helm of this program than ever existed under Brian Kelly. There's far more accountability and responsibility in recruiting than there ever was. Let's be fair. I don't know if development is, is better under the Marcus Freeman culture. I don't know that yet. I don't know that yet. The wide receivers this year are going to go heavily towards that, in my opinion. The defensive line is going to tell a tall tale about development, in my opinion, this year. This year is going to say a lot about player development under Marcus Freeman and his culture. Development under Brian Kelly was really, really good. It, it was, except the core. Isn't that something? Wait a minute, because I, I have to stop myself. Like the offensive line developed great, tight ends developed great. I think even the running backs developed really well. Linebackers outside of the Manti's and the Jalen Smiths. Miles Moore, yeah, the linebackers, Drew Tranquil, the linebackers were okay. Linebacker, like every other area really was okay as far as development. Under Brian Kelly, everywhere. I mean, wide receiver, I can't say the development wasn't good, right? You just had guys like Miles Boykin. Dude, it took three years, but once he finally got on the field, he produced. Will Fuller, he produced. Kevin Austin, once he finally played, he produced. But why did it take so long, right? I don't think the wide receiver development was as good as other areas. But hey, no, they did not have release packages, Jason Smith. You're right about that, my brother. They did not have a plethora of release packages. But even with that, no, you have to tip your cap and give the nod to the Brian Kelly era, era for development. I think Brian Kelly developed because he did not put forth the effort in recruiting, which has been chronicled. We don't have to dig into that. He did put forth the effort and made sure that there was considerable effort put forth in player development that allowed the program to operate at a really good level and to be healthy for a long time. But I will say this, by time Brian Kelly left, the way he did things 
had Notre Dame in a much healthier position probably three years prior to his departure. Even though he did things the same way and they had the same success. By the time he left and we had had another shift in college football, in my opinion, Notre Dame had fallen behind even further or had fallen further away from a national championship, in my opinion. So even though they were healthy, based upon wins, it was a healthy program. They were further away from a national championship. And I think Marcus Freeman coming in, being part of that last staff, felt like because they were winning, that they were still right there on the precipice of a national championship. Only to realize halfway through his first season, uh-oh, no one told me there were cracks in the foundation. No one told me there was a lack of depth because of the previous two years of recruiting under Brian Kelly. No one, man, no one told me this. Uh-oh, so now I have to shift the way I'm doing things or the way I thought I could do things, right? Marshall, unforgivable. Not forgiving that. We're not doing that. I'm right there with you guys. We're not forgiving that. Marshall lost? Heck no. Stanford lost? Nope. Not forgiving that either. Nope. Second half against Navy? Mm-mm. Not good enough. I don't care what the foundation was looking like. I don't care what popped up that was unexpected. Uh-uh. Can't have it. No way. No way. But when you're trying to establish a new culture, lay a new foundation, and build on that foundation, man, it might take a little bit longer than most think. Now, I don't know about you. I don't. This is Sean Davis. Sean Davis does not expect a national championship this year. Sam Hartman doesn't move the needle that much for me. Not that much. Not that much. He moves the needle a lot. I'm not talking about getting to a playoff because I think they have a chance to get to the playoff if they win two of the three big games. But winning it all, I don't know if they're there yet. I just don't. I don't know if they're there yet. And I'm just being honest with you. I don't know if they're there yet, man. 
Oh, Brent Byers, don't remind me of this, man. Brent, thank you for joining us today. Oh, man, in the rain. I was talking trash that day, too, because I was at ESPN, and we have a, ESPN had a lot of alums that came from that school in Ann Arbor. And, oh, boy, that Monday, what I had to deal with, I'll never forget Brian Kelly and those players for that. But like you said, that Michigan game, where they literally gave up, had no heart, and took it on the chin without even thinking about fighting back, very reminiscent of what the Boston Celtics did last night. And honestly, if we're going to keep it a buck, one of the first signs that there were cracks starting to form in the foundation of the Brian Kelly program. When you quit like that, Losing is losing. You compete. You go up against someone else. If they're better, they win on that day. You come back another day, you have another opportunity, you win, you're better on that day. But when you give it up like that, woo! You know, D-Rock Irish, this is fair. This is fair. I don't know if I would say the same thing, but it's fair. Marcus Freeman has three, maybe four seasons for a natty. That's fair. That's fair based upon the true work that was needed when he took over. Not what we thought based upon perception, but based upon what he's recognized and his coaching staff has recognized. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fair. Right? It's fair. I've looked. I remember talking to coaches when they put the staff together last March, a year ago. That's March 2022. I remember coaches telling me, hey, this locker room is talking that college football playoffs. Okay. This year, they're talking college football playoffs. So, like, that's the standard. At least we know that's the standard, Notre Dame fans. They're always going to be talking playoffs. I'm waiting for that to be elevated. I'm waiting for the day that we come into March, we start hearing, hearing from the players and the coaches, and they stop talking about playoff. Playoff? What? That's expected. That's like... That's like asking Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, do they expect to win the AFC West <laughs> in the NFL? Like, go to a press conference and ask Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, hey, guys, a lot of teams in the AFC West have gotten better this year in the offseason. You got a new coach in Denver that's won a Super Bowl, trying to, you know, cause that program, that team to be a resurgent program and team in the NFL. Some new things going on in Vegas. The Chargers still have a really good quarterback. They've improved their roster a little bit, got a little bit younger, a little healthier. Do you guys expect to win the AFC West? And the look that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes would give you would probably make you say, oh, I guess I asked the wrong question. 
Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid don't think about division championships anymore, man. Super Bowl. That's it. That's all they think about. Super Bowl. We're putting in this work in the offseason to win the Super Bowl, right? Now, I don't want to make this apples to oranges, right? So let's bring it back to Notre Dame. Notre Dame has been in plenty of college football playoffs during the Brian Kelly era. That's the one thing that was healthy. The mindset, the brotherhood, the thought process of the players, like this is what we do. We go to playoffs, right? We just haven't gotten over the hump. Only to realize that you weren't equipped foundationally to really get over the hump. Now, we have to insert things at the foundation to give us the opportunity to get over the hump, but by the same time, token, we take steps back in doing that because we didn't realize, oh, it was a crack in leadership. We didn't realize the leadership that left the year before was really important. Gosh darn it. We didn't realize that those tackle that was underrated to everybody else, we didn't realize how important he was until he went to the NFL and became a player for the Houston Texans. And then we realized, oh, he did mean something to this defense. Maybe this is why teams are coming in with that second string running backs running crazy all over us. Maybe he was pretty good in the middle while we undervalued him. Like, you just don't know what you, what you miss each and every year when certain players leave and the guys that they expected to step up and be leaders, unfortunately, were some of the messiest people. Well, some of the messiest people. Heck, some of the coaches were messy. We can keep it real. Especially that one that's down in Tuscaloosa. Some of the coaches were messy. But even with all that, Marcus Freeman recognized, look, what's the first thing they tell you? The first step is recognizing there's a problem. And admitting there's a problem. And then next, you have to do something about it. Marcus Freeman, in my opinion, has absolutely recognized the issues. And he's actively working on making sure he does something about those issues. I truly believe that. Some of these transfers you've seen. It's because the culture has changed, man. Let's just be honest. The culture has changed. Marcus Freeman has given power and accountability to his coaches to do what they need to do in those rooms and make the necessary decisions that they feel like are going to make this team better. And in doing so, it didn't rub certain players the right way. And I'm not mad at the players. Because it wasn't like the players weren't putting in work. It wasn't like we were dealing with lazy players. Amen. <laughs> like Malik said, at Notre Dame, you get a year to a year and a half to really make your name known and make an impact. If you don't do it after that year and a half to two years, more than likely, you're going to get passed by. 
So when you see the transfers of a Lorenzo Styles Jr., Prince Kali, some other guys, kind of bodes well for what you might see from these younger players. Because it seems like the younger players have kind of put those players in a position to realize, you know, I might be getting passed by. I might be getting passed by. So what we've learned, especially from watching the playoffs in the NBA, is that you have to be patient, man, right? Unless you are at a place. And look, Notre Dame is not at a place. Notre Dame has to win. Notre Dame is at the table with five stars, right? And the biggest thing, you can say NIL. We can talk about NIL. This uh, The biggest thing keeping Notre Dame from securing commitments from five-star athletes are the wins. Go beat Ohio State. Go beat Caleb Williams in USC. Dominate Clemson again. Prove it again. Because the Clemson win last year, it's not good enough. Go do it again. Get a win in the college football playoff. Step by step. Right? Step by step. Make progress. Show progress. Show these national recruits that things have changed. Show national recruits that this is not Brian Kelly's Notre Dame. Show them. You have their attention. Marcus Freeman has gotten you in the room. It's time to show these young men all over this nation that this is a different Notre Dame. Now, you gave us, at the end of the season, you gave us a glimpse against Clemson. And it was a beautiful glimpse. Magnificent glimpse. Best game of the season. But we need more. Heck, we deserve more. I'm going to say that for Notre Dame fans. We deserve more. But at the end of the day, Notre Dame fans, just how patient are you willing to be with Marcus Freeman? Now knowing, well, based upon what we thought, which, like most of you said, man, Marcus Freeman took over a healthy program. And now a year down the line, or more, we come to find out there were talent issues. Wait a minute. The quarterback issues were worse than what we thought. Like we knew we didn't have a top-notch quarterback, but we at least had Ian Book types. And it's worse than that. Oh boy. Yeah. Leadership issues? Ugh. These are all things. These are all things that Notre Dame did not expect, nor did Marcus Freeman expect to deal with in year one. I can guarantee you that. And because of that, Notre Dame fans, we might have to rethink how we view what really happened last year. Big picture. Like I said, we're not forgiving Stanford. We're definitely not forgiving the second half against Navy. And we're definitely not forgiving Marshall. No, I'm not even forgiving the first half against Cal. That's unacceptable. 
That is not Notre Dame football. However, I don't think the Notre Dame program was as healthy as we thought it was when Marcus Freeman got the job. Lucky Lefty Podcast. But we're back in business because he's doing things the right way. Coming up, we're going to talk to Notre Dame, Big Ten, TV deal. So make sure you go to CFB Nation. Log in. Check for all of our great content on CFB Nation. It's not just a Lucky Lefty Podcast. You got CFB All-American. And then you also have great shows like Rise and Draft with Ryan Roberts. More is coming. More great content for the fall when the season starts. Covering betting, all types of stuff with college football. But we're exclusive on CFB Nation. So we need you guys to help us. Help us. I know Brian Driscoll's been talking about this on Irish Breakdown as well. Help us by going and following CFB Nation right now. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Lock us in. Support us the way you've supported us to this point. Because we're here because of your support right now. We give you audio edibles each and every day. You already know we're here for the fans. We're the home of the misguided passion. It's a Lucky Lefty podcast. We spin it different. Why the Big Ten fumbled and Notre Dame is about to scoop and score. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.